Hi, I'm Tony Wilson, and this is the trailer for 24 Hour Party People. It's the incredible but true story of the man behind the scene that defined a decade. Who is this man? This is not about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Honest. Although they are in it. It's not how it looks, love. It's not about me. I only got a blowjob, that's full penetration. <laughs> it's about music. So this is the moment when even the white man starts dancing. And it's about people with impossible dreams. It's like Scooby-Doo, isn't it? Because they, like, they had a bush, didn't they? It is a little bit like Scooby-Doo. This is Manchester. And there are guns. Really ought to be careful with that, Sean. You could take someone's eye out. Name of the film company, director's credit, the bloke who plays me. Title graphic, 24-hour party people. Release date, silly bit at the end. The pity you didn't sign the Smiths, but you were right about Mick Hucknall. His music's rubbish and he's a ginger. Fucking great. Website and credit block that nobody ever reads. We're we finished. Can I keep the suit? Transmission will start in five seconds from now. Five, four, three, two, one, in. And welcome to Waffle On Podcast. My name is Simon Meddings. I'm Mark C. Kelly. And uh, and welcome to the show. How are you, sir? I'm not free bad, thank you very much. There's Get a couple. Of, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty you good. You know, like we're doing that illusion there, like they do on um <laughs> on chat shows where they've not met each other before. No. <laughs> you know, when you were a kid, you thought, yeah, yeah, but then you realise they've been chatting for hours before. You know, I was what? doing that illusion, weren't it? It was a bit, yeah. But you know what? Actually, one of my pet hates is, and we've probably mentioned this before, is uh, when you when you like um, long lost family do it, where Davina McCall's being filmed outside, and the woman opens the door and she goes, "Hello, Davina, Hello. come on in." But there's a camera inside the house, I know, recording that thing, so it's like you know she's there. You know, yeah, it's yeah. going to happen. It really annoys. Yeah, it's like when I was a kid, I always thought that in films and TV, when they're on the phone to work, someone they were actually speaking to them on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he broke the fourth wall for me, that did. They're just speaking to no one. I thought, what? Why? Why, why don't they just speak to each other? Because yeah. you, you can't understand that things are filmed out of sequence. You can't get your head around that, can you? No, no, I'm still like that as well. When they do, you know, those stuff like, uh, you know, realistic kind of programmes and someone phones them up and they're saying, oh, you, just to let you know, you've won the prize and the camera's there. You think, yeah. are they actually doing that live or are they just getting a reaction? You think, of course, it's a reaction shot. There's nothing, there's nothing worse than that. Um, do I, anyone who joins our Facebook uh, group, there's a couple of photographs of, up, uh, of, of us too, of gone up online there is uh, yeah 
Yeah, which the only reason why I put them up was because I thought they looked pretty good. <laughs> yeah, no, that's actually one I don't hate. So I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I thought I just we... despise, not hate. I can take despise, but not hate. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. So you go for the full on, the full on dislike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I thought I thought we'd dedicate this episode of Waffle Hunt to Rob, uh, Di and Ryland, being that they, we hadn't seen them in such a long time, and they have been Waffle Hunt fans for a long time, and God knows how long we've we've known them for. But uh, yeah. it was pretty good. But as uh, I say, you um, you uh, you didn't eat you know, any I of your curry. Thirty years I've known Di. <laughs> yeah, well, it's got to be ninety-two, I reckon. Yeah, yeah I was 92. eighteen when I first met her. Mm. Thirty bloody years. That's crazy. Yeah. Thirty years. But anyway, I don't think anyway. I, I, I don't think it was eleven years since. When, how long have you been married now? You've been married eleven years. No, 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 eight, uh, no, no, eight years. So I, I, like, I, like, that I like the way that your wife is looking at you. Going, you better know. Eleven years. Yeah. I was eleven. <laughs> we have been married eleven years. Yeah, well, I get muddled up when I bought the house because it always in oh. such a bad, you know, mad period. I was eight years with the house. We got <laughs> Men and anniversaries, eh? Not, it's not a good thing, is it? No, I got, I, I, I'm lucky because, uh, I, you know, my, my daughter was born a year after we got married. So I, <laughs> I, that's the, the one reason why. But I keep getting the birthday and the anniversaries mixed up because it's June and July. So it's, yeah. uh, it's probably, well, I reckon you've got some making up to do later on there. <laughs> yeah, 11 years. But that has gone okay. so quick, though, hasn't it? I, I honestly, I didn't. I wouldn't have said that you two been married for eleven years. So yeah, yeah. so it's eleven years for me since I saw die, uh, yeah. and obviously a little bit less uh, less for you because she's not long ago. So yeah. but anyway, uh, and the reason why, funnily enough, uh, we we dedicate these two is because of all the films I would have thought die would have seen. Dying this rough, is yeah. the one ultimately because it's literally the music yeah. that, that that they love. And uh, and what film are we doing, Cal? We're doing uh, 24 hour party people. And what do we do before? In fact, you could tell everybody what song we're going to play. 24 hour party people. <laughs> Bye. Tw- no, happy Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> I keep saying 24 hour party well, for the next hour. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we, we definitely would lose listeners pretty
Of course, we always like to have a bit of a yarn uh, before we go. And Kel, uh, the new Obi-Wan series has come out, the first two episodes at this time of recording. I watched it on Friday and you watched it? Watched it. Well, I watched the first one on Friday. I watched the, one when it, the second one when I got back last night. Okay, so your thoughts? Now, I'm going <laughs> to... Here we go. Right. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it. I didn't think it was amazing. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I... I I put it more, I thought, like I watched Boba Fett than Mandalorian, because when I watched Mandalorian, it blew me away. What? I liked it. There were some bits in it I thought were just really weird in it, like the kids running. Which which one? Oh, Leia. Little Leia. How can she get that There's no way she's 10. That, no. I, don't, I don't care what anyone says. She looks about six or... I think Anthony said that as well. She looks like she's about six years old, not I ten. It's a weird cat. Just the way she was running and out running, grown. <laughs> yeah, through but the forest. It was a bit like the way in Boba Fett with the bikes who were really slow, weren't it? There's yeah. some bits that didn't do it. I'm, I said I enjoyed it, and I like the second... Up, I, I, by the end of it, it picked up. I just I don't know. It was that, again, a bit like Boba Fett, where they made him a, li- a little bit weaker, and mm. you wanted Obi-Wan to be this, like, his, his ultimate Jedi. And he was a little bit weak, wasn't he? But I know that's the point that he's old now, isn't he? And that kept putting yeah. it. And he hasn't done um, Eddie any he hasn't done any Jedi stuff because he hasn't yeah. been able to, because he's got to be hidden. But like I said, I did enjoy it, but mm. there was nothing in it when I thought, whoa. Right. I thought, is it for the, yeah, that's how I thought it was gonna be. Oh, okay. Not, nothing right. that I didn't expect. That's what I was at. I wanted a bit more, but Maybe that's going to come. I said I did enjoy it. I weren't bored, mm. but I thought mm, it's not as good as Mandalorian. Okay, all right. That you know, I can say good, but <laughs> yeah. not, you know, good. What about mm. you? What about you? You? I, I loved it. I'm the opposite. Yeah. Like the opposite. I loved it. I think it's because of the fact that I one I really enjoy. I really enjoyed Ewan as Obi Wan in the last film that he was in, not the first yeah. two, and I wanted to see more of him because I think he's. He's got the chops to play the young Alec Guinness. And I think, um, so I've been wanting this for a long time and I didn't want anyone else to play him. Uh, and I, I really liked the way the character developed. I liked the way that he was, um, you know, just literally living a hermit, smelling like God knows what, because he's, he's mentioned several times that, he's, yeah. he, you know, he obviously doesn't wash or anything like that. He's not been able to use his force powers at all. Um, the only thing he's looking after is his, his horse kind of thing, if you want to call it that. Um, and I like the fact that he is re- reluctant to do anything because his his mission is he's already failed one thing in his eyes. He's failed Anakin. You know, at the end of the day, yeah. the Emperor is just better than all of them. Um, and I like the fact that you can see his resistance of of not wanting to leave. There were some beautiful little nods I thought with the uh, the star the little toy they had, which of course you see Luke playing with in A New Hope. Um, I love that. 
I like the fact that you've got. I quite like these these inquisitors, and I really like the woman. I like the fact that she is a bit renegade because you've you've got that thing where each you know the whole in the Sith thing, the 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 apprentice always kills the master, and I like the fact that it, that she killed that bloke off. That was quite unexpected. Um, but it's only six episodes, so I, I think that's the thing. The reason why I'm thinking, you know, there's only six episodes of this, so it's not. Gonna, we haven't got to wait for like loads and loads, like Picard of you know empty kind of stories yeah, i think yeah, it's gonna yeah. go because you know ultimately where it ends you exactly. know what happens to ben and 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 that unlike boba fett where of course in in you know film law boba fett died in uh in return of the jedi of course you know because we, we always go as we know when we talk about films you can only go by what you see on screen ultimately because that's yeah. that's the way it is so you always knew there was a story with uh with obi-wan you always knew there's a story with young luke and young leah but i i just thought the whole thing with um her but you know there's no way that kid is 10 and you know and it's like well she she would dive and dive out you know i mean it always takes you out of it as well when flea turns up on the screen do you know what i mean i agree i like him but straight away you're thinking it's flea yeah yeah you think oh it's flea off red hot chili peppers you know what i didn't like i didn't like the bit with the fake jedi either but you know why it Mm. didn't make any sense if he's get him out why yeah. didn't people just get him say, give me money and I'll let you out? Why did he have to become a, uh, like a fake Jedi? I just think he was just a, a, a long con, wasn't he? Now, that actor who played him, that was, do you remember what I said to you? Is that, it's not Tiaki Watika, is it? No, no, no. I think he was the other one, wasn't he? In was What We Do in the Shadows. One? Yeah, it yeah. is. It is the one, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah, think so. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to. Do. But I, I, I really enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to Friday. I did, well, like I said, I did enjoy it when I watched it. Mm. I was maybe, I was just maybe expecting a bit too much. Maybe, maybe. yeah, yeah. I mean, do you know what just, I mean? Maybe when things... I watch it, the third one on Friday, I'll be, it'll be a bit more. Yeah, and I think there's also. a high. Ex- High expectation as well, isn't there? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, like, I did like the bit where he's got the box with the lightsabers and you saw Luke's lightsaber. Sorry, you saw Anakin's lightsaber, which becomes yeah. Luke's. And you saw like Obi-Wan's, you know, I I, I did like that. I must admit, I did. Yeah. I did and really I love like the it. bit where we're in the market and it felt like Star Wars, where there's all these weird yeah. creatures and weird things going on. I mean, the fact that he let that other Jedi go and he got hung was. That was quite upsetting, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's that dedicated to this mission. Uh, but the other thing we both saw was uh, Top Gun Maverick. Which was the complete opposite of that for me. <laughs> like I said, I went in expecting, I'm just going to go because I got my Cineworld card. It's like, I just listened to Mark Camone's view of it. He was like, mm. it's brilliant. He said, yeah. you shouldn't like it. You shouldn't. Everything's wrong. Mm. Gung-ho, cheesy. But I don't know, it just really, like, it just really, really works as a film, doesn't it? it nice, really does. simple storytelling. Mm. Right, binary storytelling. There's the good guys. There's the bad guys. Yeah. Who you don't know are, but I think basically Russia. Russia. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, yeah, I think we can guarantee that, especially at the moment, you think it's yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I, I, again, like you, I loved it. I thought, what made it for me as well, you can clearly see that Cruz is loving every minute of it. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's clearly enjoying that role. It looks to me like he's enjoying that role more than he enjoys Mission Impossible. Um, do you know what I mean? I think that's become a burden for him now, I do. Mm, a bit like a thing around his neck. Yeah, like he can't get away from it. But, mm. you know, I watched the trailer for that and I thought, yeah, it, it looks all right. It looks like all the others. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 the other trailer that I had at the cinema, actually, which I forgot to tell you on Friday, was... Uh, uh, is it uh, Bullet Train? The one we... Oh, we don't look at that. I really like that. <laughs> yeah. 
That he does. He looks he brilliant. Look I, and I'll watch. I'll watch Brad Pitt anyway. When that, Brad Pitt's being funny, it's when he's at his best, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. You absolutely, know when yeah. he looks like he's enjoying himself, and mm. it's like just loads of hitmen on a train. What more do you want? And, 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 and he seems to be doing his classic, you know, uh, uh, Brad Pitt kind of flicking acting that he does. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, let's get let's get into the uh, into this film. We're doing twenty four hour pie, people. Um, so, I mean, this is directed by Michael Winterbottom, who, of course, has gone on and worked with Steve Coogan a lot, especially doing, like, the trip and everything. Um, it was written by uh, Frank Quattrall Boyce. And, uh, and yeah, so, I mean, it, it came out in 2002, um, which, God, blimey, you know, 20-odd years ago now, which doesn't it doesn't feel like it. Um, great casting. And obviously, we're not going to mention everybody in this oh, because it would be too ridiculous. Too many people in it. As you know, people. I think I'm also watching this film. Loads of times in my life, and there's still people have missed when I'd watched. Oh, I forgot how he was in it. Yeah, <laughs> I think you constantly from 20 years ago. I think your film knowledge gets better as you go along, and you know more and more actors and mm. people in music, so you notice all the other people in the background. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we've got Steve Coogan, who, I and mean, this is this is a, a biographical story of really uh, Factory Records and uh, and the Hacienda more than more than anything. But it does start Stephen Coogan as Tony Wilson. Now we've talked about Steve before in our. Alan Partridge episode, so we don't need, and also, of course, recently on the Alan Partridge one. John Thompson is Charlie, a Granada TV producer. I didn't know this, but you know that's not his name, real name. <laughs> is it not his name, John? No, Pat, no his, his real name is Patrick Francis McClear. That's weird why he changes. And also, I thought he was a mank. Is he not mank? No, he's not a mank. Uh, he was born in Worsley, Lancashire. Oh, so he's a Lancastrian. No, he's, Lanc- he's Lancashire, Manchester. Yeah, Manchester in Lancashire. Okay, but he's not. He's not actually. He's not a man, but it's really bad because you think about it, them two had such a long working relationship. Working relationship, and they do work well together when you see him yeah, on, on screen. Bobby Bastard, weren't it? Yes, he was. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the one with uh, Cheeky Monkey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, Ooh, yeah, yeah. Cheeky okay. Shirley Henderson as Lindsay Wilson. Uh, she was the oldest person in this film, born 24th of November, 65, in Scotland. Now, a lot of our younger oh. listeners uh, will know Shirley Henderson as playing Moaning Myrtle in the Harry Potter series. Oh, uh, no, no, The no. wonderful, who I think dominates, any scene this man's in, he dominates it. He, and he just he just looks like he's going to snap any minute. He's Paddy Considine. Oh, no. He's amazing, <laughs> isn't he? Oh, he's, he's so good. He's going to someone at any bloody moment, isn't he? Yeah, and I think this was probably the first thing I saw Paddy Considine in, if I'm honest with you, uh, before the, a lot of the Shane Meadows stuff. Yeah. Uh, he plays Rob Gretton, who was dual division stroke New Order's manager. Uh, he was born the day after me, uh, 5th of September, 73, in, uh, in Burton-upon-Trent. Uh, the wonderful Lenny James as Alan uh, Erasmus, co-founder of Factory Records. He was born in 1965, in course, in Nottingham. A lot of our people who listen to the show will know Lenny through uh, The Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's really, and it's weird, isn't it? Because you think after this film, so many of these people went to America and made big names for themselves, didn't they? All oh, went God, on yeah. to have good careers after this film. Like it's, I said, I, you know, when I was watching this film, you'd never get a film like this with so many Brits. There, there ain't there ain't about anymore. No, Young no. talent. Well, that Simon Pegg. You know, I didn't know Simon Pegg was in it, so I watched it. Oh, really? <laughs> I forgot all of it. I thought, Simon, and he's in it for what? 15 seconds? Yeah, really. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the biggest cameo you can you can. But he's still have. looking like Simon Pegg. He, yes, he doesn't look like he's uh, he's been uh, an alcoholic for thirty years and suddenly come off it. <laughs> I think even though he's even though he's I know we saw that before. Stop drinking. He has aged terribly. 
He yeah. really has. He's too drawn in the face and doesn't look good. You know what I mean? Uh, I think the person who has got the most famous in out of everybody is this person, Andy Circus as Martin Hannett. Uh, born in uh, Middlesex on the 20th of April, 1964. Obviously, Andy has become one of the the most well-known, if not the most uh, well-known person for doing um, figure animation for uh, Planets of the Apes, uh, Gollum in Lord of the Rings, and a a, a director himself in his own uh, thing. Um, Sean Harris is Ian Curtis, a Joy Division uh, singer. Um, Now, me and you talked about this today. I've not seen Control. I know you have. Um, do you think he portrays Ian Curtis like Ian Curtis, or do you think the guy in control does more? It's a it's a very interesting point that is because I'd say that there was like you got the myth of Ian Curtis, mm. the myth of Ian Curtis is sort of control. Yeah, you know he looks bang on, and you know the moody walking mm. around town and all that stuff. He's brilliant at it, and he's really good at it. Even though Sean Harris don't look like him, I think what I've read about Ian Curtis, read a few books about him, he was more like Sean Harris' version of him, especially yeah. at the beginning. He was not, a, I don't think, like I said, he was quite an awkward person to be around. He had mm. some weird, weird views on things. Like, like I said, he, like I said, he was having an affair. He mm. got married to someone else while he was having, you know, you know, he got weirdly, he got married to a woman in Germany, right? And he oh. got married to the bloody German national anthem. Oh, yeah, okay. There was weird things that he was playing around with because you know there's all that thing. He's the fascist. Yes. I think I don't think he was, but I think he definitely sort of used it to wind people up, mm. and they all did. So I'd say to me, like how I think of thinking, he's like Sean Harris, like Dustin Hawk, because that bit, you know, you know the uh, you're the cunt at the beginning. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's oh, really? what to him. Yeah, that is true to him. And t- you read like, because um, weirdly watching this film, you forget that Tony Wilson's dead. Now, I'd completely yeah. forgot about it. So that you think, bloody hell, this film's really, mm. I don't know, it's such a perfect, you know, a, a Tony Wilson. Because when that film was out, he was still alive, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, now, he died. He died nice, in... That world wasn't our world growing up, was it? No, because... Um... Manchester scene, I never really liked until I was older. No, and also, of course, Granada TV, with all the local stuff, we have Central TV here, so our version of Tony Wilson was probably like Nick Owen or something like that, you know what I mean? Bob bloody... Bob 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 Bowman. Yeah, Bob Bowman, yeah. Who my mum met and said he's the biggest snub she's ever met. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, he's retiring now, so you don't know. But I I think Sean Harris, he's, he's absolutely brilliant in it, and... You can, there's a tension with Sean Harris, and I think there's a, everything he seems to have done. Of course, he's he's really come to prominence in the um, Mission Impossible he film. Was brilliant, and I said I didn't like. It's a shame they killed that character. I thought he was really, really good in it. Yeah, I thought he was really good in it as well, and it, it, a bit of a bit of a waste of time. Um, John Sim, of course, plays Bernard Sumner, uh, the Joy Division and New Order guitarist. Uh, he's 51 years old now, born in Leeds. Ralph Little plays Peter Hook, the uh, old hooky, the Joy Division New Order bassist. Uh, he's probably the youngest. He's only forty-two. He's uh, he's John Little. Oh. Uh, and then we have some other people. Just quickly go through these people. Danny Cunningham. Uh, Danny Cunningham as Sean Ryder. Uh, funny enough, he's in Emmerdale. All um, <laughs> oh, right. Uh, Chris Coggle as Bears. Paul Popperwell as Paul Ryder. Kevin O'Brien as Nathan, the uh, the Happy Mondays manager. Do you recognise who he is? Gruey. Gruey. 
Yeah. Also in nine songs. Yeah, let's not talk about it. That's something I never want to say. No, I've seen, seen it. See Gruy getting a handjob. No. It's something, no. It's something to see. We don't need to go there ever again. Uh, Dave Gorman as John the Postman. Peter Kay as Don Tonay. Rob Bryden as Ryan Letts, a journalist. Simon Pegg as Mick Middles, the author. Keith Allen as Roger Amers, the, uh, the manager, the owner of London Records. And briefly seen in disguise as a beggar, is Christopher Eccleston as Bathias. Um, yeah, that's Tony a Wilson. weird bit, that is, isn't it? That's a really it's odd bit. Very poetic, isn't it? Real-life cameos. In East, of course, Tony Wilson does appear as the Wheel of Fortune director. Kenny Baker plays the zookeeper with the elephants. Uh, Howard DeVoto as the cleaner himself, who, you know, says yeah. I don't remember that. Um, Paul Ryder as a drug dealer, stroke head of the Hacienda Doorman. Clint Boone uh, as Ernie, a train conductor. Uh, Marky Smith as a customer, and you've got the, uh, of course, Manny from the Stone Roses and Mike Pickering and Dave Haslam, both DJs uh, at the Hacienda at the time. Um, so, the, you know, it is uh, fully on, and I, we, we watched it this morning, the saying it, the fact that it starts off in 1976 with a, a mix of film version of Steve Coogan playing Tony Wilson and the actual uh, footage of Tony Wilson himself crashing the... Uh, yeah, I think going. that's what's interesting about this film because it is, you know, I don't want to get you know, it's really postmodern, but the way it goes into fact and fantasy, mm. but seamlessly, and like I said, I think Steve Coogan is brilliant in this film. Oh, yeah. He must have, you know, when I was watching this film, I was thinking, it must have been so hard making that film because there's so many things going on. And I thought the editing must have been a nightmare. Oh, God, yeah, the editor, whoever the editor Because it's so scrappy, is. isn't it? And it's shot really not like a film. It's like a documentary because mm. film to documentary all the while, doesn't it? Oh yeah. And then yeah. the old seventies film goes in it, and it's <laughs> like it's got really beat up, not filming it. And then it'll go to a music video, when it, and then like a live performance. Yeah. But I think that's what that winter button. That's what he's famous for, wasn't it? Like yeah, you know, and that's quite normalised now, isn't it? And I think it, I think it blends really well into the into the whole of the film. Now, you, I know you're not a fan of um, TV shows or um, films breaking the fourth wall. Did you mind? Not really. I'm not, I don't mind it in this. I think it works really well. Mm. But as well, did you think like because I was thinking when Coogan did this, this was like even his when he didn't do. Partridge, did he? Round about this time. No, he was on. He wasn't doing. Yeah, he'd done Partridge, and then he was having breakfast. So Partridge, though, aren't they? Oh my God! Well, yeah, Tony Wilson. Is actually, well, that, that's funny enough. That's what Mick Hucknall turns around and says. If somebody asked him what he thought about it, he turned around and says, "Well, the trouble is, is that Steve Coogan portrays Alan Partridge, but Steve Coogan is Alan Partridge." Yeah. And you and you do see it all the way through, and maybe it's the fact that you know some of his characters is because Tony Wilson. He's a little Maybe bit like Alan Carroll. Partridge. He's like Richard Madeley, isn't he, Tony Wilson? You can imagine yeah. the things that he does. It's the same thing that Madeley would do. Yeah, I, no, I like the, some of them. I like, like some of the people. What, I like the way as well that it's not. It's not like sycophantical as as a portrayal of him. Mm. It shows a lot of people didn't like him, and there's that brilliant bit in that when he goes, "I know you." He goes, why? He goes, you're a cunt. He goes, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the way he just admits this guy, right? But his actual TV show that it was on there called uh, So It Goes, um, looking at the music that was on there, I mean, you had Susie and the Banshees, Iggy Pop, The Jam, uh, The Clash. Uh, my my, my favourite band of this time was The Stranglers. 
you know, the, the music that he was talking about on screen was like the equivalent of what John Peel was talking about on record, on radio. Yeah. You know, I mean, pioneers of music industry and seeing how different changes can go on. And I think this is what is important about Tony Wilson. All right, his, his vision is very, very socialistic, isn't it? Where the fact that he doesn't believe... It's political it, for him, wasn't yeah, it? He doesn't believe the fact that... I mean, literally, he made no money at all. None yeah. of them made any money. And it's clear on that when they say that... Um, it's a bit later in the film where uh, Blue Monday becomes oh, the that. biggest selling 12-inch and they lost money on it. Five well, said, every record there was it. Every record that they sold, they lost £5 on it. No, 5p. 5p, that's it. 5p on everything. And all them records, it's a bloody lot. Yeah. But like I said, it wasn't. And don't you wish that we had someone in Birmingham who actually cared about Birmingham as much as he cared about Manchester? Well, yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, you, you think about the music scenes in what? In London, you I suppose you could turn around and say that you had punk and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, in yeah. Birmingham, you had rock and heavy metal. And in Manchester and the north, you had dance and then like Manchester. So, yeah, yeah. you know, there's always that stuff. But I think the, his passion for the city that he came from was second to none and whether you like him or not nah. you, you need that kind of per- person who promotes your city and that's the yeah, reason yeah. why manchester i mean all right we're from birmingham so we, we always say birmingham's the second city people in manchester obviously turn around and say that yeah. manchester's the second city i think worldwide known as birmingham but we don't really have anybody who who I mean, I suppose you do a little bit, but they're like historians like Carl Chin and maybe uh, your man who does um, Peaky Blinders, oh, um, you know, Steve Knight, Stephen Knight. But ultimately, you don't have anyone in the, the music world, you know, that's still going now. Who Because it, it's a bit like the Beatles, isn't it? You know, he never left Manchester, Tony Wilson. Yeah, everyone who goes on about how they love their city move away pretty bloody well, quick. Well, I was going to say that's famous brummies. They get money and they bugger off. Yeah. I think famous uh, Manx, they stop. Yeah, yeah. They stop because they love the city so much. And like you talk to most Brummies, they're really defensive about Birmingham, but they're slag it off more than anyone. Well, it's our right to, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think Manx don't slag off their own city, do they? They're going about how great it is. Yeah, but I think that's the difference, though, is that Birmingham people have always been self-deprecating. Yeah, that's, that's the way, just the way it is, because it's like, well, yeah, you just you can say shit, but, you know, if we say it, we, <laughs> we mean it. Now, in, in the, the whole of this, you've got the Peter Kay character, who kind of been that famous in 2002. So I was It's got to be pre-Phoenix Nights, hasn't it? I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is, because he's, he's got a lot of hair now, and he's, he owns the Russell Club, which became... The very first factory uh, records hacienda in on a Friday night. Um, this is where, of course, we get to see uh, Marky e. Smith, Paddy Constein, and Rob Bryden first, and um, and Joy Division. Um, the whole scene as well with Don and Tony in the back of the van. Oh no! Always makes me laugh. That no, does. it's the way that it. That's what I like about it as well. Tony Wilson was helping doing the advice on his film, but he was showing what a dick he was. Yeah. The way yeah. she discovered him, yeah. <laughs> and he goes carry on. <laughs> <laughs> now he sees uncomfortableness in it, which is part yeah. of it. He goes, oh, do you mind if I touch your dick? <laughs> yeah, and the way he just says, can you finish me off before yeah. he gets out of the van? Well, I like Peter Kay, come in for a nosh. <laughs> yeah, I'm not hungry. <laughs> I mean, that's just, again, brilliant, brilliant writing, isn't it? Classic. But that's writing. that brilliant scene then with How Do You Vote, isn't it, where she goes in yeah. and shags him and he's walking in. That was only it was his as a blowjob, not penetration. Yep, yeah, and, and he, then it and he turns it, out, it? yeah, and how it turned out that, that didn't happen. Of course, it didn't happen. That's the whole thing. And it is, but what I like about this film is the fact that 
uh, Tony Wilson then turns around and says, um, that might not have happened. But the whole point of this film is sometimes fantasy. Oh, sorry. Um, John Ford. Yeah. Because the John Ford line, when faced, with, when faced with the truth, print the myth. Yeah. And it's so yeah. true. Print the legend. It's so true. It's so true. Like that's I said, it's a fantasy, this film. Is it? It's a it's a fantasy of that. It's like I say the same. Like, I love the Doors film. Yeah. Now, my wife hates the Doors film because she loved the Doors. But mm. I like it because it's Holly for Stone's fantasy of what the Doors were like. Yeah. And this is Tony Wilson telling his story. Isn't it how he remembers it? Mm. Might not be the truth. I think most yeah. of it's like the bloody truth, is it? <laughs> well, it's fairly, I mean, it's fairly accurate. I mean, there's, but there's like, you know, I, I, when Ian Curtis first has his epileptic fit in the, on the oh, stage, you know, I don't, I don't think, I don't think Hooky would have gone and got his cigarettes yeah. out first. I think some of the time scale's a bit out as well, isn't it? Sort of condensed into one. Yeah, I think you have to commence it. I mean, the whole thing when when you got George and then you got Martin Hammett, who certainly comes across as uh, a, a quite a nasty piece of work, a genius, yeah, but a, a fairly nasty piece of work. Now, do you remember the band of certain ratio? Because I a don't. A little bit, but a little bit because he's a player in the Hummingbird, but. Like again, I was into grunge and metal, so yeah, this same, was not yeah. my... My wife was into all that world. Mm. You went to the Hacienda, didn't you, Matt? And went to the Hacienda twice. Oh, well, okay. What, to see a band or for a long night out? See a band. See bands. Yeah, what what bands were they? What bands were they? All the Charlottes and Chicago. remember because it's a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> but I never even would have thought of going to... Because it just wasn't in our world, was it? Well, no, because we weren't into dance music. I wanted to go to the Marquee. Remember the, the Marquee? Marquee? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. where I always read about. And, mm. that, you know, that way, that was always my thing. So I come to this... When I remember... Did you did you come to cinema to see... We were in to see this. Yeah. I think it's me, you and Kev. Yeah. Do you know what I think it was? I think it's when I was barred from snobs. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I think it might have been when we went there... And like I said, that so this was new to me. Mm. And then you realise, because you know, it was like bloody indie crap when it when we were young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you listen back and thinking, no, actually, it's not really, really good music, isn't it? It's really good music, yeah. Because when you're that age, you're kind of blinded in blindsided into the music that you like. And like like you, the marquee was most well known for the Who playing there and everything like that. Yeah. As as the thought of actually, although I must admit, I did quite like some dance music when we were younger, but like everything, you don't turn around and say, "Actually, I quite like dance music." When all exactly. your mates are into rock music, because you think you don't want to, you don't want to be the odd man out. I personally, no, no. even now, now you, you just like what you like and not give a shit. Yeah, hence the reason why I bought Anton Deck shout. But we won't go into that. Shall no, we, we won't. Um, <laughs> now I like the fact that it kind of it, it goes into you know you, you get the fight on when uh, Joy Division are playing there because there was clearly a, a, you know. It doesn't take Einstein to figure out you're going to attract skinheads when yeah. first of all you're called Warsaw, then yeah. you're called Joy Division, and later yeah. on you become New Order. It's a, it's very much a Germanic kind of street yeah. there, and it can't be because the fact that like whether they are they're doing it because they know it's going to wind people up and it's going to it's always going to ask ask questions, well, you know. But you don't think as well though because a lot of the punks were playing with this like the Clash before they were called the Clash were called London SS. Hmm. Yeah, they were all were playing around with it. And I think it was just a bit of naivety, really, weren't it? I know they're trying to be, like like I said, situationist and all this kind of stuff. But I think you're just playing around with, especially then, because that was an as well, like I said, that was like my favourite cultural period ever mm. oh, in yeah. between about 76 and 82. That mm. period, I think music is his best 
films are bloody amazing as we're going to find out when we do next year on our 40th famous brilliant bloody music that was 40th not 40 well, yeah. well, <laughs> oh, God. 50 and that and i think that's what this film does really well is and i think they were part of it but you're right mm. they must have knew what they were doing and the nasta yeah. front was big deal then weren't it God, absolutely, yeah. I mean, they were literally kicking the shit out of everything. But I like the fact that when Hooky comes back in, he and goes... Chin to skinheads. Yeah, chin to skinheads out there. <laughs> and, and, you know, and there's Ian Curtis having a massive epileptic shit. Epileptic <laughs> shit. Hopefully. Hopefully not. <laughs> epileptic fit. Yeah, Dear yeah. me, that, that would have been terrible on stage. Now, I think the, the whole thing of uh, when Ian Curtis finds out about they're going to do the the American tour. And he goes and visits Tony, but he's not there and sees his wife. And then he goes off and then he dies. The, what you, I think that's filmed really, really well. I think it's filmed really, really delicate because yeah. it doesn't go too much into the fact because you find out later in life he, he was... He was, was given epilepsy, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, and also his that... They, sued the government didn't they, and got money out they? of it. Oh, yeah, because, because it, they realised... It's not a good thing to do. It's just put people on loads and loads of downers because they'll make them depressed. And well, he was yeah, a depressive anyway, weren't he? He, suffered, he was suffering from bipolar. And I think any any kind of drugs that you take to combat depression, which in 1980 was not the greatest and well-researched, are totally cancelled out. And if not, makes you even worse with the epileptic pills. Yeah. Um wasn't it a thing where he hung himself by the door, not from the ceiling, though? I, mean, I don't want to go into too much detail. No, I, on that. Well, I don't know. Well, no, no. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it was hanging on the door. And he was yeah. listening to uh, Iggy Pop when he died. Like, yeah, because you, you do Iggy see the record player, don't you, on the, on the side and stuff because like that? Because he so. saw himself as an idiot, you know. But I think this was all to do with all the mouthstream yeah. of, like, he was, he was a big, heavy drinker as well. All mm. these things did not go well. Like, now they deal with it very differently. Yeah. But the way I liked about it, like when it shows you the the funeral, I like the way because people I don't remember that. I remember him on the last night having a good time with that band singing yes. Louis Louis. Louis, I Louis, Louis. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember I, him having fun? Yeah, and it's I think it's really quite poignant the whole yeah. thing when you see him lying there in in the coffin. So yeah, that was um sadly in Curtis for nineteen fifty-six uh to nineteen eighty. Oh uh-huh. 
Dancing by the rivers Through the streets Every corner Abandoned too soon Set down with due care Don't walk away In silence Don't walk away I like the, quite like the fact that it jumps quite quickly, but it's very much timeline to a certain degree in the film, even though things are quite, you know, all over the place. And we you find out then that uh, you've got Sean and Paul with the pigeons, which, of course, didn't happen on the roof uh, of uh, of the building, but no. they, they couldn't do it. It actually happened on the ground where they did it, but they couldn't do that for, obviously, filming kind of things. Um, and also at this point, you've got Factory 51 which is also known as Hacienda. All the way through Factory Records, everything was called FAC and a number next to it. In fact, even um, when Tony Wilson died, he was given a number and it was FAC 501. when he oh, passed was it? Away. Yeah. So the Hacienda is FAC uh, 51 and that opened on May the 21st, 1982. And it cost him £700,000 for the Hacienda. Now, at this point as well, of course, he signed up uh, you know that, but it's all signed. Not legal, is it? It, it? As he said, he wrote it in blood. Uh, it, it, they can fuck off, or we can fuck off whenever they want. It's a brilliant idea. Mm. But like I said, that, I think this what this thing, like you're saying earlier, it's more of a political thing for him. Mm. Like the business brain, he probably could have made money out of it. I think he probably could have. Well, he does say in the film that it says literally the Hacienda was the wrong place at the right, the, sorry, the, the right place, but at the wrong time. And he says, that, you know, they had that roof on there, which you could only well, see the, the office was at the right, well, it was at the right time, but the wrong place. Wrong place, yeah. I mean, having a roof that was made of zinc or something, zinc. where you could see it great from the, the top, but you kind of think it all. We see Chris Eccleston in this bit then as well, but I love the way that will introduce to Bez. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's supposed, he's supposed to come from a UFO, and he just lands there with Sean Ryder. I think is that the UFO people... story is true because he talks it about is... it all the while, doesn't he, Sean Ryder? Yeah. And this yeah. was before he was on drugs and all that, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, that's well, everyone just thought he's on loads of drugs. <laughs> but when you get to see Bears, and this is when also, of course, the Happy Monday start in the in the late eighties. Um, the guy who plays. Um, Sean Ryder, I think I think he's absolutely brilliant. Danny Cunningham, he nails him. Especially, oh. actually, you know what I'm like. I get a bit funny when people don't work on wigs properly or something like that. And his hair looks a lot better in real life than he does in his film. But when he's at the end of the Happy Monday stroke, going into black grape routine, yeah. um, I think he looks absolutely bang on him. And he also he's also got the dangerousness of what Sean Sean Ryder is like as well. Everyone these days think of Sean Ryder and Bez as like you know the Morecambe and Wise of the drug world. Uh, uh, no. But no, scary, they're, they're scary, scary, people. scary. But probably not so much Bez, um, but definitely Sean and Paul Ryder. Well, they, 
there's a lot of curtains going in. He says, well, weren't there? Yes, I know, yeah. Which was <laughs> a haircut. Funny enough, that's not really come back that fashion, has it? No, and I had curtains as well, and it was really... <laughs> Julia, I wish I could now, but my forehead's yeah. too big. So you know. <laughs> no, no, but you're right. But it's like I think it was the stat. Look, I said it's that weird thing. He said I went and watched them at uh, Battle of the Bands, and they come last and assigned them. Yeah, was that I? <laughs> now that's where his his genius was in. Who'd mm. sign a band who come last? Who would? You, you couldn't even generally put songs together because they're so incoherent. No, a lot of production no. work went on with them. But that he knew there was something in there with some rider. Like his lyrics are pretty genius, and they are, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Well, he says he's a poet, didn't he? He says that Ian Curtis was a genius. Sean Ryder was a poet, and that's why that's why he sees in it. Um, and he because he obviously he signs those up, and up, and, and it's good to see Rowetta in this as well, playing herself. Yeah, that's which what's is amazing, isn't it? Really, it's absolutely amazing. That is now the um, the the thing with the Happy Mondays is, I I mean, do you remember when we saw them? And do you remember? Do you remember where and why we saw them? I've saw them a couple of times. I saw them in Manchester. Right. And I've, I, 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 where else did we see them? Where was it? We saw them when they supported Oasis at Bolton. That's and also, right. and Johnny Marr was the Johnny Marr and the Healers Johnny Marr, Superman, yeah. weren't it? That was it, yeah. Uh, and but when we saw them, that was their comeback tour. That was when that was the, the first time they'd come back since initially splitting up to do Black Grape. So they were back, back to being fairly raw and edgy, really. Yeah, and then really good. I remember Bez had everyone dancing. Oh god, yeah, it was amazing. That was a cracking gig. That was that really was. I just remember trying, just trying to get out of there it was a bloody bloody nightmare, weren't it? Bloody nightmare. Now Martin Hammett, of course, he gets huge and has a gun. Um, Thirty thousand pounds for a table. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of money for a ta- for, for a thing that ha- they have no money. It's no, ridiculous. It's, isn't like, it? it's like Paddy Constantine's rage. When he's yeah. sitting there, <laughs> yeah, and you can see him just building up, can't you? It's like he's like almost like now. I, I, I don't know when. When was Dead Man's Shoes came out? When did that come out? It was only a couple of years later because he it feels to me like he's playing that character in this film. Yeah, you know, he's got that pent up rage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In him, and he's a wonder. He's such a wonderful actor. He really is. But I can't remember. I'm sure. I'm sure Dead Man's Shoes is not far away from this time. It's a creepy film, that is. A bloody creepy oh, film. It's, it's, basically, it's The Sixth Sense, but done in Birmingham, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Because it's dead all the way through it. Um, I was going to say something. I totally forgot. forgot. Oh, this is a, there's a great thing in this, where he turns around. This is the, the Hacienda is the first time ever. They're not applauding music. They're not applauding bands. They're applauding the, the DJ. And the birth of dance culture has begun. I think yeah. that's just a brilliant, brilliant line in this film. I would think this film has got some, some amazing speeches in it, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. And that's sort of thing with Tony Wilson. I just like the way, because well, the thing is, he was, he was intellectual, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. Do you know oh, what I mean? He keeps saying this. He keeps going about Cambridge. Just Cambridge, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, I went to Cambridge. And it's like, well, yeah, you do. but you, and, and he also, he's, he's got, as you said, he's got brilliant ideas. And he's got his forward thinking. And he's he's coming up with ideas to do with, you know. If the Hacienda hadn't bankrupt them, really, because I was making no money. And we all know the reason why they weren't making money is because no one was drinking. Everyone was doing drugs. And if you're doing drugs, you need water. And by yeah. law... You 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 have to give people water. You don't necessarily have to sell them it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you know if you could, but you kind of think, well, surely you would have charged more money on the door, but that wouldn't have been that would have been right for him because his his attitude would have been that would have been then for the working class people. 
even his forward thinking about it, you can't stop drug deals going on in places. You simply yeah. can't because you're going to get corruption going on. You're going to get bouncers involved in it. So you may as well then, especially at this time, until laws came about and, and made sure that security firms were properly legitimate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we actually see the lead drug dealer become... Well, there's the dogs warning us that something's going on. Um, yeah, so I'm just pausing there for the dogs barking. Line, I think. But yeah, so, you, you know, then you get the guy who actually shoots somebody in the club becomes the lead head bouncer. Yeah. And so the bouncer, I mean, I remember that. You remember that? The Hummingbird where it was the bouncers who were, who were doing selling all the drugs on there. So you, you didn't Scary come in. You never went in there with drugs. They found drugs on you, shooing. But if you wanted to buy drugs off them, you saw the bouncer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I'm scary kind of times, scary it? times, and I must admit, I'm quite glad I really wasn't into that scene at yeah. all. <laughs> like I said, we weren't, we were just boozers, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. Because that was the world of metal and grunge and that, drinking, weren't it? Yeah, Birmingham, Birmingham really was the big place. That's why loads of people who, who was into that kind of music went from Birmingham to Manchester. Yeah. Or, or in, in, as things slightly started to go, and then illegal raves in warehouses, you know, the 80s was the high point of, uh, of the rave culture in fields, in, you know, abandoned warehouses, all that kind of stuff, which which sounds, thinking about it now, sounds really quite cool because you're just going there for the music. In, in reality, I, I, we would have been going, oh, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I, I, We're too nice. <laughs> We're too nice and too scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the whole that you know, I mean, sending sending <laughs> one they want to send new order to to oh that's uh, brilliant that bit in the car that. isn't it? But then yeah, and then you want the Mondays want to go to Barbados because it's a place where you can't you can't get heroin. Yeah, yeah. What's that get, bit in there? Because he took all his methadone. It lasted all of five minutes at the airport. In the airport, oh my god! And then he's trying to sniff it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good scene though because you can it makes you wonder how many of the people in that causeway realize what's going on because they all look fairly shocked about some bloke on the floor licking up uh you I think know there's a bit of, yeah i think in this film there's not a gorilla i think there's a bit of gorilla filmmaking going on isn't there i think there definitely mm. is well the death i think the death of martin hammer is quite a big thing as well where the fact that he was that big um that they, they couldn't get the coughing down in the hole but the fact that the guy was drinking cough medicine like it was beer do you know what i mean and he was totally unhinged there's a lot of well, they, they say that now with genius comes, you know, a lot of pain. And there seems to be a lot of pain with all these people in this, from Ian Curtis to Mayan Hammer to Sean Ryder, when you think about it. And the whole thing as well, when you get the meeting at London Records with Keith Allen's character, Keith Allen always seems to pop up in virtually every film that we, we do lately. But the fact that he could just buy, he could just say, well, I don't really need to talk to you at all, do I? I could just talk to the... Yeah, the way he was so honest. Yeah. He could have just took five million. Yeah, the other team to have five million. He could have said, "Yeah, right," and then split the money because New Order made no money, and and he would have been fine. But he didn't. He just turned around and said, "You know, this is my vision." But there again, saying that everyone knew what his vision was. They didn't have to go along with it. You know, they could. So they obviously had that kind of. I think everyone did like him. I know they had all these things, but they all liked him really because they all wouldn't have been together if it weren't for him. No, exactly. Yeah, he's that coalescing person, wasn't he? Everyone's, you know, he was a bit like the, he was like the sun. Everyone was orbiting him, weren't he? And mm. I said he probably was a dick to people, but they wouldn't have had a career. He, no. You know, I know probably different. Uh, you know, probably if you're from that time, you probably see different. You know, I bet you he's really into this film. Ian Patterson, one of our fans, one of our oldest fans. Oh yes, because yes. he's from Manchester. He's a little mm. bit older than us. I bet you he was into. I bet you we'd have to find out if he's listening to his podcast. Yeah, I'm sure you are, Ian. 
Send us a little <laughs> message and did you go to the Hacienda? Because I know he was in a band around that time, oh, wasn't he? Oh, okay, brilliant. Well, I so hopefully we'll be able to. if he puts on a comment, Ian, you know who yeah. you are. Yeah, that, that'd be cool because hopefully Ian's coming to the, the Waffle On uh, yeah, yeah. Waffle On Fest uh, uh, this year, which would be cool. But no, yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to know because, as you say, you know, he, it, Tony Wilson did Wheel of Fortune up in Manchester because he's a Granada Studios gig. And, and say, we have our own TV th- TV personalities down here that no one up north will know. I didn't really know Tony Wheel. I didn't really know. No, I knew him from. Really. I'd heard the name, but I didn't really. Yeah, I knew him. I knew him from some documentaries that I watched on BBC two, he did some music documentaries, but I didn't know anything. The fact that he, he was involved in uh, the happy Mondays or anything to do with the yeah. Hacienda. I didn't really know what the Hacienda was until, yeah. until it and all closed anyone else had put up with a happy Monday shit. Oh and God. Put up with it. And he was, and he was willing to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and it was a lot. It was a lot of chaos going on. This thing. I love the fact as well when the Hacienda finally closed down. Now he turned around and said, yeah. "Just it. Have everything. Just take what you want, so they don't get it. And I yeah, think that's so amazing, Yeah. And he's smoking dope on the top, and very much a Coogan thing, where he says he sees God and it sees in his own image. And he yeah, says, I well, love you... that end scene. Oh, the, the fact you're right about the music, and you're right, right about Mick Hucknell. His music <laughs> shit, and he's a ginge. But ultimately, <laughs> ultimately though, you can't say that. I mean, he might not be your cup of tea, but ultimately, Simply Red, one of the biggest selling artists in the world, yeah, uh, produced one of the best selling singles, I think, in, in Stars. I think it was yeah, an yeah, album. Yeah. And he's still touring now and multi-millionaire and has a lot of women. <laughs> a lot of women yeah. So well, he's doing a lot of that gig. It's like that said, there was only 45 people there. At the Sex Pistols. But every yeah. single one of them, it's that Pistols gig and it all starts. And they all went on to do their own thing. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I think that's the importance of the Pistols, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And a lot of the way it starts with this, which is going to be interesting when Fingy starts, Pistol starts on Tuesday, doesn't it? Is that when it starts? One. Ooh, no, is that what's that on Amazon or uh, uh, Disney? Disney, brilliant. Um, so I've got some facts for you, Kel. I know you like oh, your facts. God, I bet there's a lot in this, isn't there? I've had to edit them. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Hook, Hooky, uh, from New Order, well, was in New Order, has described the film as a film about the biggest cunt in Manchester, played by the second biggest. <laughs> oh, what about that thing that Rob was telling us to have another way to turn up for that football match? That's a bit mad, isn't it? Oh, yeah, Steve Coogan. That was mad, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, just I like the way Rob just casually dropped that into conversation. <laughs> it's like, we needed to we needed to spend a lot more time with them too, didn't we, really? Yeah, than yeah, just, yeah. just the hour and a half. Um one thousand five hundred revelers returned to the Hacienda to help film the penultimate yeah. scenes of the movie. Original the wave scenes are amazingly done, aren't they? Oh, they're they're brilliantly done. And I like that bit. We've got to about that when he's looking out at the end and he sees Ian Curtis in the rave. Yeah, oh that's beautiful. And, it, and Martin that. Hammer. Yeah, well. he sees yeah. them all, doesn't he? Yeah. He sees them in the right. I think that's a lovely kind of film. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, the original Hacienda DJs, Dave Haslam and Mike Pickering, were brought in once again to mix the desks. Bernard Sumner, Peter Hook, Bez and a host of original regular Hacienda goers danced the night away throughout the early hours. Bloody hell. The Happy Mondays leave the meeting with London Records saying they are going for their Kentucky Fried Chicken. The real-life Happy Mondays would use this exact phrase as a pretext for leaving the recording studio to take drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Harris studied Ian Curtis in depth up to and during production, and he also perfected Curtis's infamous dancing from watching video footage of Curtis on stage. In 2003, Tony Wilson wrote a novelisation titled 24 Hour Party People. What the sleeve notes never tell you is that it's based on the screenplay for the film, which, of course, he didn't write. Oh. <laughs> 
Um, when Steve Coogan first started doing stand-up comedy, he performed at the Hacienda in 1986. He recounts in his autobiography that he was stunned when he first saw the Hacienda set while shooting the film due to how faithful they had recreated the building. Morrissey refused to allow the Smith music to be used in the film due to a dispute with Factory Records, Wilson, uh, Factory Records owner Tony Wilson. All right, yeah. As a nod to, uh, from Tony Wilson of Factory Records, the film was given its own factory catalogue number. In this case, it was FAC 401, whilst the film's website is tagged as FAC uh, 433. Uh, Tony Wilson did apologise to Mick Hucknall for the two comments made in the film. Um, the original Hacienda Club was demolished in autumn 2000, three years after its closure. So based mainly on people's memory, a replica was built in a disused warehouse Many of the accessories from the club were bought at auction when the club was closed and are used in the movie. The Hacienda has since been replaced by apartments, also called Hacienda. All right. And I thought it was something interesting, but you're bigger about it, that when they made this thing, they made, they made this film, like the New Order were working on it, they went on to have a bigger fracture split and absolutely hate each other now, didn't they? Well, yeah, there's definitely a thing we've... Uh, we've, we've uh, Peter, well, it's mainly Peter Hook, really, who's been ostracised. Him and Vernon Sumner, innit? Yeah, and I, do you know why that is? Because I don't. Have I they think ever it been was over. I think it was over that when they split up, he carried on doing that thing, didn't he, called Peter Hook the Light? Yeah. And basically, he wanted to do New Order songs. Right. And because Bernard, Bernard Sumner basically wrote everything, did all the mm. music, did all the songs, he said no, and that's when that court thing was about. But I think he won. Because wow. he said, you know, they own the rights together. Because I think it was that thing where they said that the songs were wrote by New Order. Mm. And I think only afterwards where he wanted to put Bernard Sumner. But it's just horrible to when fans split up like that. It's horrible. That's why you should do a Coldplay. You get it all sorted out. I hate Coldplay. Yeah. But the point is, they do that. Everything's split four ways. Yeah. Everything. yeah. And that's yeah, the only way you can do it, I think. You, 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 you know, you. You do add, I mean, unless you're Paul McCartney who plays virtually every bloody instrument, you know, generally, if, you, if you're if you playing the drums, you're doing the drums of that part of the music, aren't you? I yeah. mean, um, what's it called? Who's the one? Um, oh, it's gone, you know, uh, the twins uh, in the craze. Oh, uh, what are they called now? You oh, know, Martin Kemp. Spandau Ballet. They're all falling out, didn't they? They all fell out, but when they got back together, I think they sorted out Vortis, but then the singer buggered off. He said, he, he left again, didn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah. Um, there's over 200 hours of footage was shot for this film. It's yeah, quite a lot. imagine it. For all that, to shoot them big scenes, you must have had to shot it all. Just and loads and loads. You want. Um, yeah, Michael Winterbottom, uh, uh, you know, eagerly uh, instructed Steve Coogan to improvise quite a lot. I can say, I thought that. And there was a, it was quite easy for Coogan because he'd worked with Tony Wilson in the past. Ah, so, right. There we go. That's all your, that's all of your, um, Information, man. It's all your facts. The facts of today. There we go. So that's that's the film. But of course, I've got a present for you, my old son. I know what it is. <laughs> it's an email Down, from from the Downey Ether. Someone has popped up. <laughs> someone has popped up uh, from Rob K. And I have not read this email. Oh, here we go. Oh, you here we... Get yourself together now. <laughs> we really should have a Rob K. theme tune. Yeah, we should. That's do, what should we should do, really, shouldn't we? Okay, here we go. Hello, Waffles. How is you and Mad Madame Dogface Kelly? Madame, now. Yeah, Madame. Does you remembers Rob K? I love Mad Dog and used to send you emails. Sorry, I be so quiet. Lots ha happened to update you on. 
I was seeing a Chinese. <laughs> I seen a Chinese girl called Wing. She was nice. The palms of her hands were hairy, which, which I found very sexy, and it meant I got free Chinese food. But she didn't speak English, and I don't speak Chinese, so it only lasted about six months. Waffles. <laughs> I has a new girlfriend. Waffles. <laughs> She's called Kelly, which I like, as that's like Mad Dog Face. Right. I meet her at the fair. I was meant to be going with Goosey, but his mum, but his mum catching watching werewolf porn again. He's ad <laughs> liked to that, so he couldn't come. So I was alone, and this girl was alone, and we get chatting. She was very normal, which isn't usually my type. Normal size head, not hairy anywhere other than her head. And we went on a date to Aldi, and we got on great. <laughs> she asked me if I wanted to stop over. We watched Rugrats in Paris on DVD and we got kissing. She wasn't. <laughs> she wasn't. <laughs> she wasn't as good as mum, but still very good. <laughs> she thought she said she thought I should wear something, but it wasn't what I expected. It was a unicorn onesie. She made me wear it and we do full sex and it was good. I tried to take it off, but she tells me to leave it on. She's a freak waffles. She will only do sex if I is a unicorn. She even calls me Mr. Unicorn during the sex. <laughs> well, dear. <laughs> when she pipes me off, she says she can taste the rainbow. Why can't she just... <laughs> Why can't she just eat a bag of Skittles and, and me and not be a horny horse? I even say I'll take her to the country park and bang. <laughs> I've got to say that one again. I even say I'll take her to the country park and bang her over a fence while she looks at the horses. But she, <laughs> but she just gets upset and says, I don't understand women's. Yesterday, she says, oh, God, says she has a new thing for us to try. I was worried and I was right. It was a butt. <laughs> oh dear. It was a butt plug with a horse's tail on the end. <laughs> <laughs> so, she... <laughs> so she wants to put it in my special hole as a tail. I tell her the only one allowed in there is a doctor. If I has a problem, not just for sexy fun, mad dog, or that one time we goosey, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> she... <laughs> <laughs> she cries and says, I don't understand. What do I do, Waffles? I hope you misses me. Kiss, 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 kiss. Rob K. Well, Rob, yeah. um, hmm. <laughs> what, what advice can you give him, Cal? Yeah, I think that's how my wheelhouse that is. I don't yeah. really understand them such problems. No, no, I, I, I think maybe you should knock this one on the head. <laughs> knock her off and knock her on the head, I think. That's the, that's the only advice we can give you, Rob, because uh, I think you're in for... A world of pain there. If any of if there were any of the uh, glorious waffle listeners have got any like help for him, mm. you can post it on our site and he might read it. Yeah, but please do put a uh, disclaimer on the top saying that uh, it could contain sensitive material. <laughs> Maybe I should reread these before I read them, mate, because <laughs> I don't know I had any kids listening. Now, Cal, uh, do we have a rough idea what we're doing next? Are we doing... Uh, yeah, I think we are, aren't we? So, so do you yeah. want to, do you want to announce yeah, that? Well, we're doing one of uh, my favourite films of all time. We're doing the Three Musketeers. Yeah. And by films of all time, we're talking about the seventies one, not yeah. the one we did a Jupiter in it. 
Yeah, or yeah, or Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, I don't mind them fields, but we are doing a classic one with Richard Chamberlain, Oliver Reed, mm, Michael uh, York, Michael York in it, Michael York in it. Yeah, he yeah. plays D'Artagnan, doesn't he? I'm sure he, he does. He does. So we're doing that, and I think we are going to, if we can fit it in the schedule, uh, we are going to do another Johnson one. We're going to do Human Traffic, aren't we? We are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We are. Which is very much in this thing. So we probably, we, you know, might have a couple of episodes later. Oh yeah, no, it'll be it'll be towards the end, if not the beginning of next year. But we have got quite a, a good list of stuff going on. But of course, we can't we can't say it's definitely going to happen because it never really does. Well, look, let's be honest about it. This podcast, we only thought about it last week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This was not yeah. the plan, was it? No, nah, no. Nah. It's heavy roll, though. Yeah. No, yeah, they wouldn't roll. like us if we were too organised. It just wouldn't yeah, work. Yeah. <laughs> so true. So that's the episode, then, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this show. Uh, let's say we, me and Cal are busy sorting out, trying to work out dates for uh, this year's Waffle On Fest, uh, which will again be in Birmingham. We're just working yeah. out where nothing's going on, so yeah, hotels are good. September-ish, aren't we? Ish. Yeah, yeah. So it's probably around about the end of September, I think, is probably the best the best bet. Uh, we don't think anything is going on then, but we'll tell everyone when it's going to be, and if you fancy coming, more details later in the year. So it's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. Bye. You've been listening to Waffle On. If you'd like to get in touch or join the mailing list, you can by emailing the guys at waffleonpodcast at gmail.com. You can also have some waffly fun by joining their Facebook page. Simply type in Waffle On Podcast in the search bar and away you go. This has been a Waffle On production. Copyright Simon Meddings and Mark C. Kelly. Are we? Yes, brilliant. Okay, ready to rock and roll. Rastafari. Look at the size of my... Is that... What's that in that? Pimpto. What size of that? Is that Stein? Yeah, it's a 1.5 litre. No, it's not. It's a zero. It's a half a litre. That big Pimpto is thinking there. You look tiny. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's going in the blue for real.